0: Welcome to the Smart City Podcast, the technology program that looks at how buildings, communities, and cities are becoming smarter, more efficient, and more connected. We look at everything from the big ideas to drilling down to individual projects and innovative ideas that impact your day-to-day life. The Smart City Podcast is brought to you by Locomobi World, moving the world through sustainable, frictionless, and secure solutions. Welcome to episode 40, recorded on May 24th, 2022. By day, Eric Olson runs a very successful logistics company. For fun, though, he's building some smart buildings in downtown Kitchener. Okay, not just smart, but super smart. He's here to explain that vision. First, though, some tech news from Grant. What have you got for us in terms of uh, your web serving this time, Grant?
1: Um, some really f- fun stuff. Uh, trying to stay within the... within the. Um uh, show, the uh, guideline and, and, and what I want, <laughs> which is just almost impossible, but I think you're going to like this one. And you may okay. know already. Have you heard about the new build, building being built, uh, by the uh, Korean, uh, tech giant Naver? No, tell me about this. Oh, uh, you are going to love this. And this is for real. It's being built right now. Mm-hmm. It is the first robot friendly building built anywhere. Okay, what does that mean? Okay, and by the way, the Arctic of the building is Samu, which is owned by Samsung. Okay. So we got some serious people. Um, and and Naver, so you know, it'll be owned by Naver, and they're considered kind of like the Google of South Korea. Okay. And so it's going to house, this is what it's going to do. There'll be 100 robots, and these are wheeled robots, so these are not like arms, these are full robots. Um, and they'll work alongside 5,000 people. Okay. And in, and now picture this building. Okay. Um, and by the way, they called it, uh, 1784. Okay. Cause that was the date of the start of the industrial revolution. Okay. James, kind Ryan's of cool. Image. <clears throat> Pretty okay. cool. eh? So, All right. okay. Now picture this. So they had to design it. So one it didn't look really crazy, like looks anemic. And, and concrete-like because it's people. So they built indoor plants and, and, and all types of flowers. And, and, but extra-wide, um, believe it or not, the, picture this thing, elevators made for robots, extra-wide hallways that have one ways that people and robots go back and forth. These robots have turnarounds. So think of the robot going down a hallway, and it's, say it's three feet high. There'll be a three foot opening that they can loop around in case you got to do a quick delivery somewhere, pickup, rather than go around the whole hall. Um, it'll deliver your food. It'll deliver all the products you need. It'll deliver messages. Um, and they'll have plugins right beside the humans. And they're waiting there to do things with the human people. And it's the very first building ever built. So the whole building's built with a proper Wi Fi, the proper tracking system the proper connections, doors, it's all robot friendly. And it's the first of its kind anywhere. Um, and I'm quite frankly, I'm waiting for it to happen. This is mixed use residential retail? It is mixed use um, office office um, retail. Okay. Mostly office. So, um, but think of it, they're gonna have messaging apps, social media platform, even a comic book service on the robot. Well, wait, wait, wait. I can have the little new comics. Yep.
0: Yep. I, little BBA will deliver me uh, the comics, comics.
1: Everything. Okay. Everything. Right. Um, what they're trying to say is you can do this. You can inspire people. Hold on. And then, of course, it's all designed with the same way you design disabilities. Okay. So you're going to have all these greeneries, wood floors, and ramps, and all the things you'd have normally. Even though the 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 robot will stand three feet tall, okay. right? Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. It will be the first, and we'll see how it goes. But I'm I'm now remember even these it even parks and itself away in little containers at night, okay. and it's just the whole thing is just amazing. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um, All right. Okay. The Net. okay. Um this is kind of kind of cool. I was searching to reading that um you guys know, and we talk about this a lot. The biggest problem we have now, we're all scared of is cyber attacks, right? Right. And so cyber attacks, when you get a cyber attack, you know what happens. Networks go down, everyone goes crazy, the programmers are out trying to figure out what went wrong, they're setting up stuff what if you had a system that could detect a cyber attack in less than a second?
0: Well, that would be helpful.
1: And repair it.
0: Uh, very, very helpful. Especially if it's a ransomware attack.
1: Okay. Right. So what they've come out with at Cardiff university research is, is they've developed, um, they're working on a, a, a cyber attack uh, defense mechanism. What it does is, I don't know if you know this, but when, when you have a malicious attack and software, You, what you do is you detect it, right? And you try to kill that and then you're done. And what happens if if you don't know this, you know, the people are sending them, they suggest the code and they send it again. What this does when it gets it in that one second, it sees it. And then when it's fixed, it learns it. So not only does it learn, it learns the code variations and the code structure. So let's say you, as a cyber guy, I think you're a smart guy. You're going to just change some of the code and attack again. It'll know it's you. All right. It'll so it, it learns the code structure. Oh, well, I see. So that stops multiple cyber attacks. First of all, it stops the first one from when it happens. And then the next one's coming. If any of that code came from the same area, it doesn't matter what he changed. It's going to know it's you. It doesn't have to be in the same order. You're
0: talking, <laughs> your talk, you know what you're talking about? You're talking about a vaccine. Oh, sorry.
1: In fact, that's what they kind of call it. I'm sorry. It's a vaccine. Interesting. No, that, that'll be, now. by the way, it's not finished, but that's why we're here to talk about the future.
0: Right. So look, uh, the initial code comes in, it discovers the code, it uh, inoculates the system against the code and any further mutations that are related to the original code are also... Okay, Alan, um, you should explain rendi- it,
1: not me. Maybe <laughs> yeah, I should. Very good. Now, okay, you, good, got it. It's a good one, right? It's, it's. I think, uh, if in fact it works, it's a game changer.
0: No kidding. Boy, that would be huge in terms of cybersecurity.
1: Now, my last bit of news is one that you may not have agreed with, and we talk about it in all our podcasts, and I always keep saying that I don't think there will be a smartphone one day. They're going to disappear. Um, and we'll be talking with our brains and other ways. Well, well, let me tell you what I really think. Okay, so Nokia just announced that they're coming out. There'll be six G. Will be here by two thousand and thirty. Okay, but the smartphone will be gone. It will disappear.
0: What will we, we'll be using? What uh, Elon Musk's uh, wearables?
1: What? Yeah. Warble, okay. Because you tell you why. You know why, right? When you get into this kind of bandwidth with six G now, the phone won't be able to to work it. But the human can. We're, we're, we're much smarter. We have the ability to make the, we, we make the internal decisions for our body. So it's quicker and it's reactive right away. So what they say is by 2030, we will not need the smartphone. And Nakia, who I'd say kind of know a bit about phone business, are already scheduling and budgeting for that. So they're saying it will be smart glasses, and a, a kind of funny, right, Alan? How long have I been working on smart glasses?
0: <laughs> well, did you, see the, the recent, did you see the recent Google glasses at I.O.? Yeah, well, that's what I have. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the ones that were introduced a couple of weeks ago.
1: I know, but that's what we're working around. Yeah, they're, right. they're, they're so amazing. They're ahead of the
0: game. Th- these are the ones with the microphone in it, and it does yep. real-time yep. closed captioning of translation with somebody who you're talking to who speaks a different language than you.
1: Oh, yeah, but, but that, that, that's the art of AI. Okay, and, and, you know, and and everyone asked why five years ago I chose Google Glass. Why? Not because of the glass itself, but because of the company behind it. Um, If you're going to make it do all these things, you better well have a very strong AI ability. And they lead the world, I would say. But but my point being is 6G mobile networks will be connected to wearables. And the interface living you do. Now, you know, and, and they talk about it. Um, Nokia says that it's going to be brainwaves. Now, we've had Barney on our podcast, who is an expert in that area, and we know that's coming, but we're not there yet. But the wearables, they're all there. It's just people have the right applications, which, as you know, Locomobi has been doing for three years, um, writing the interface, because I felt that that would be the future, that why do you need a phone? You can just put on a pair of glasses or or, or talk to your watch or talk to another wearable or, as they say, use brainwaves. Neural they, implants. Neural implants, they're coming. No, no, you one must- Look, look. Devices that are worn on the face are the best because then when you see someone, you can see someone else, you know exactly what you got to do. Remember, we t- talked about this, okay? Um, mm-hmm. And they'll be enabled um, to communicate with each other just by looking at each other. And I think that's, that's landmark because... Um, Nikia, arguably one of the, the top three in the world in phone development and smartphones. Uh, not that that matters, but the fact that they're doing it, uh, pretty cool.
0: We are slowly turning to.
1: My, I know, I know, I know. What do we talk about today? Robots, cyber attacks, <laughs> and the future of 6G. Um, and we talk it like it's futuristic, but you know what, Alan? I don't know, it isn't. It's just how fast we're moving. And we kind of have to watch it.
0: Humanity marches towards turning into cyborgs. That's what we're doing.
1: Yep. And that's the way to end it today.
0: Eric Olson's day job involves shipping and logistics. But beyond that, he has a passion for building smart communities and reducing our carbon footprint. He spoke to us from his office in Kitchener, Ontario. So, Eric, explain to me what's going on with the world of logistics as far as your world is concerned.
2: That's a big question. Uh, what do you mean supply chain? You mean like that's a that's a huge question.
0: Let's talk about the company. What does the company actually do?
2: Uh, we, basically, we're a cleanup uh, logistics company. So we do the weird and the wonderful. You'll have freight going from here to California, and you need somebody to go and take care of it. That's what we do. Um, we're not particularly repeat logistics. We're one off. Um, so we do anything anywhere. We specialize in North America, but, uh, uh, the vast majority is, is crossing the border.
0: So why do we have you on a podcast that deals with smart cities and smart communities?
1: Grant, do you want to explain that or, or Eric? Uh, I'll, I'll jump in quickly. Well, I mean, so from my standpoint, Alan, um, two things I saw. One was, um, This is a guy who is in the logistics world, so he sees the tough things about moving cars, trucks, people around, but two, who's very successful, and I met him because he's decided that his side ventures or his other investments from from what else he does is going to be smart developments, community buildings, condominiums, and he has this vision of being the smartest or the best technology. And we generally get in the big tried or the, you know, we never get a guy who starts on his own, has his own vision, and actually runs right through the end. So I thought it'd be interesting to bring Eric on and talk about that and his feelings.
0: Okay. Now I'm caught up. So, Eric, um, what is your vision for these smart communities? Uh, There's a couple that are being built near me, or at least they're... um, they're advertising that they're smart. But what is your vision?
2: My vision is end to end technology. So when I started this project, I, I did it with Smart One. Um, and we're working through it. We're doing 143 unit uh, condo development with some commercial space underneath, uh, about 7,000 square feet. And my goal with COVID originally was end to end, no touch. Um, And then as we've gone through this entire process, I see how technology integrates further and further into the building platform. So uh, from from my perspective, you know, Locomobi bringing in the parking, bringing in um, the um, uh, smart meters, bringing in uh, the smart elevators, bringing in Uh, the smart thermostats being able to go and have people who can manage their unit from one central location anywhere. That's really what this comes down to for me.
0: So you see smart communities really as an extension or uh, adjacency to logistics?
2: Well, the logistics thing, that's how I got into development. I have about a billion dollars of units, about 700 units that I'm working my way through. So, you know, when we talk about logistics, it's that's what I do for a living, but I spend a lot of my spare time uh, working through these different buildings. So this one is 143. Um, I have a uh, well another 550 units and three other developments that I'm working through as well. And my goal is to integrate a higher level of technology in each building um, as they progress.
1: And and you got to remember, Alan. So so from from Eric's standpoint. Um he has his hands in a lot of stuff that's going to be part of smart community. And he has invested in properties, not just the one he's working on, but in every case, he's trying to figure out how he can make them smart, uh, frictionless, and convenient for everyone to use. And when you um, when you look at these, you learn a lot as you go along. And even when I spoke with Eric way back, um, it became apparent to me that... Um, he wanted to have them the smartest. He wanted to, to he sees the end goal. There are three types of uh, developers or developments I, I get involved in, in, in a lot of ways. I have the developer who does the base build because he wants to make some, just sell it off and get out. Therefore, just put it in. I don't need all that stuff, okay? Then you have the developer who says, I really like this stuff. I do have a budget. Let's figure out what we can do. Then you have the government It says, we have to have the best. In other words, we're selling this, this as a premium technology, not just about what one guy does, but everybody. And it has to be has to work within the community and has to offer all the services, including vending in a retail commercial part of the project uh, as a seamless transaction. And that's what Eric did has done with this development. But make no mistake, he's working on other ones as well. This is the first one, right, Eric? That's newly developed.
2: This is the one that's uh, shoveling the ground in the next. <laughs> according to my people, this morning, uh, July. <laughs> well, I'll believe that when I see it. And where where is this particular development? I <laughs> uh, it's uh, within the downtown core of Kitchener.
0: Okay. Oh, because I've been through downtown Kitchener recently, and there's a lot of development that's happening there. It looks really interesting.
2: It's a huge amount of development, um, and we are we uh, we surround the downtown core. So basically 3 out of the 4 sides of the downtown will have something going in.
0: All right, let's talk about your vision for what these buildings are actually going to be. How smart are they? What do you hope for them to be? How how do you hope for them to be equipped?
2: I hope for them to be able to go door-to-door seamless transactions. So you know when somebody's coming in on your phone, you know when the elevator is coming on your phone, you know the you know, you're you're sitting there at the beach, going, "Oh crap! Somebody's come to my door with a delivery, and uh, I better get somebody to get it out of the parcel uh, locker." Um, oh, I'm renting out this unit. I looking at the meter, going, "Oh wow! Uh, why are they using so much electricity?" Or, "Oh, did you know that the uh, one of the big ones in the industry is uh, water insurance? All right damage." So we're putting in uh, automatic shutoffs throughout the building so that people can control their individual units remotely um, as they monitor the water.
0: Hmm. Is there a demand for this, or is this just something that you're passionate about and you want to see in these new buildings? Are people actually asking for this, uh, these, these capabilities?
2: People are intrigued by the capabilities. Whether they're asking for it or not, that's one of the things that I really, I, I really think is important in the integration is unifying it. Right? There's a lot of different technologies out there. I was uh, screwing around with my thermometer yesterday. And um, if you're not working to integrate it, it's a, just a pain in the ass. This is sort of a right?
0: Steve, uh, Steve Jobs Apple situation. Don't ask the public what they want. Figure
2: out what they need and give it to them. That's, that's pretty much it. Right. Um, and, and people really do, particularly in the condominium. They want to know what's going on with their units, right? Uh, you pay big pre, uh, big premiums for your insurance and whatnot because you're subject to other people's whims. So being able to go and manage that risk is huge.
1: Yeah, and it's funny that, that you say that because, um, like, and I know you're dealing with Smart One, which is uh, saying, you know, Alan, we've had Smart One on the podcast a few times, Ted, and they're by far the leader in the smart building world. Uh, and the the what do you see about... Um, by the time you're built, by the time you're done, we all know in this room, technology will have changed. And I don't like yep. to say, but so uh, you you have to be aware and be open to, you know what, what I was proposed today, it better follow the changes because we just don't know what they are. We can all sit here and yap about it, but there's going to be massive changes as we go along. Every month, not every year, every month. So, Erica, I Absolutely. assume that... Now you as a, being the primary owner, you are putting the investment in. It's not like a guy's raising a bunch of money. You're, you're the nope. guy, you know, you're the guy. So um, you have to make that commitment. It's a big commitment by the way. Um, but do you think, um, uh, have you made that aware that, that things are you, uh, how do you keep a tune other than talking to guys like me and now and and Ted, how do you keep tuned to what you want to have in your building? And what do you do when you hear about something new?
2: <laughs> Usually we integrate it. Um, <laughs> it, it
1: <laughs> you hear that, I like yeah. that. <laughs>
2: but, uh, That's, that's the beauty of the modern technology, right? With APIs and the ability to integrate, you're just adding on another layer and it's not like, you can't opt out. You know, so when you're talking about the smart uh, lights and and those kind of things, some people are going to be intrigued by them, but if you don't prepare the bill in one of the things one of the interesting things that we've gone through is um uh, chargers, right? One of the questions that people didn't uh Didn't anticipate when I started this was, oh, you want some electric chargers? No, I want the entire building electric chargers. It was just at that time when GM came out and said by 2030, or whatever it was 2035, we're not going to be making gas cars. And I'm going, why on earth would I go and build a building that doesn't allow you to go and manage your, your electric car? Because that's the technology. I'm already looking for my electric car. I don't know about you guys, but uh, what's, what's gas? Two bucks a, two bucks a liter now? Um, so it's going to be quite economical as we move forward.
1: This is probably a big one to talk about quickly. Um, so EVs uh, charging is mandated by percentage of square footage of the building and how many units there are and so on. And so, example, in British Columbia, Alan, as you know, um, cause we do a lot of EV interfacing, um, 100% of all parking must be EV ready. Okay. Oh, is that, when did, when did that come in? Last year? 100%. So 100%. Uh, hold new. on, hold on, hold on. Not just condominiums, public parking. Okay. Oh. So in Toronto, it's 25 to 30%. And as it branches out, it's going to, we know, we all know here, it's going to change. Um, And then, of course, there's the whole ability that the government has subsidies to put in the EVs. And my thought has always been, why wouldn't you take advantage of those? Now, you can hear Eric saying, well, I'll do them all. Well, I mean, so you know, Eric, sometimes we can't get people to do the 20%. And they don't know what they're facing. They don't understand.
2: I, unfortunately, as I I explained to people, this is really my passion. It's not Mm -hmm. something that I do because I need to make an extra buck. It's something I do because I'm just fascinated by the, A, humanity and changing what it is that we do, right? We go out and if you drive out to the suburbs and they just keep putting up these these houses and it's incredibly inefficient, it's incredibly wasteful and we're not going to be able to sustain it. We need to be reducing our footprint, going higher, making sure that we're getting away from um, these cars, and you know, I recognize the irony I drive a Ford. But at the end of the day, we need to be very mindful of how we reduce our footprint, and you can't do it by just going an urban sprawl.
0: Right? Um, I keep thinking about the costs involved in this. So the difference between twenty five percent of your parking spaces being equipped with chargers and one hundred percent is
2: is is a lot. It is well. It, it's an option, right? We we prepared the building. We did the uh, transformers. We made sure that everybody who wants it can do it. Um, and That's EV we'll put ready. in the ones that were, That's right. EV ready. We're EV ready.
1: That's all you have, but it's not. It's not cheap, though. I mean, when you do, because Nothing's when you put an EV ready, you got to have all the you know you know EVs run on a much bigger power supply. You have to have yep. the, the availability of the transformers. We won't get a tentacle everyone here, but there is a cost, okay? And, and again, um, I can tell you now, very few owners, developers will get on this podcast and just say, or maybe don't have the luxury to say, I'm going to go all out and, and really meet the carbon footprint. Not because mm-hmm. I want to win a bunch of awards, which he may do, but because that's the way it should be. That's unusual, Alan.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, because the whole game with real estate is build them, sell them, move out and go someplace else and do it all over again. The idea of going to these links to future proof a building for technologies that may not even be invented yet is is pretty visionary. OK.
1: <laughs> no, 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 I know. No. But you see, but but look at a Look at a company like ours um, where. We come up with stuff and tell people that it's not even out yet that we're doing it. I'm going to tell you, we get a lot of chuckles. Okay, yeah, right, whatever. And then it comes out with it, they're going, "Oh, we need that."
2: Yeah, and that's the thing. Like I was, I was working, or I was in a Uber uh, in in Toronto a couple of weeks ago, and this this Uber driver is lamenting to me that she can't get electrification. She wants to buy a car, but she lives in an older building and she's stuck.
1: Where she was can't this? Do it. Where was this, Eric?
2: In Toronto? Oh, this was uh, yeah downtown Toronto. It was like
1: literally downtown Toronto. That's pretty sad. Okay. Um, And and you read about um, smart EV and infrastructure and and what you see is we have Toronto, which is the third largest city in North America or the north of of Mexico. Um, Yet we probably are in the, not in the top 25 in smart city. Um, I think Montreal might be number 17. In, okay. in, in the world and Toronto's not on the list. And yet we, we listen, I obviously I'm a Torontonian, love it. live in Oakville, but I love Toronto. But it is amazing that um, the pace that we're going at getting this done and that, in fact, I'm a little shocked they aren't, one, pushing the, not just the EV, but all of these smart changes, the green initiatives to the point of I think they should spend money to help people do it. I think that the government should be more working on that than worrying about sending a billion dollars to the Middle East. Okay. Help mm-hmm. us get to where we have to be um, because in the end we're all going to live with it. Now, the big thing that's coming now, uh, Eric, I'd love to hear you now is that now I'm getting into the whole thing about um, uh, health. Okay. So yeah. connected to all the health needs in a building. So whether it be, Virtual uh, doctors, or be just um, uh, things that you can do to help people—applications in their apartment, uh, anxiety stuff, all kinds of stuff. I think that's playing—that's playing a big part in in, in the way we've. Oh, it's,
2: absolutely! It's a huge portion as we as we, you know, all the baby boomers are now getting to that stage where their kids want to keep an eye on them. And it's not even that you need to necessarily go and watch them directly, but to be able to be alerted when your your father doesn't go and eat, right? So, you know, he doesn't turn on the stove. You're alerted that it okay. hasn't happened for twelve hours.
1: Okay, he okay, see you're dead on. Okay, now now see, <laughs> he's gone way beyond the standard smart. He's gone smart community, healthcare. Uh, and I think that is the the missing mark here. Uh, when you put in a smart community, you want people to feel at ease, and and having that ability to do all those special things is what's going to separate everybody. Well, something's mm-hmm. not smart if it's not safe.
2: Okay, good. Well, th- this uh, that that is the technology isn't obtrusive though. It's not like it's. Uh, other than, you know, calling the elevator and there's there's certain little ramifications with that that you go through. But for the most part, this is not meant to be obtrusive. It's meant to be a, a, a benefit, right? It's meant to give you that transparency that everybody's looking for in their lives. What's going on? Uh, you know, who's coming to my door? Is my package safe? All those kind of things. Um, is my, is my dad taking care of, um, you know, are they, are they doing enough? Is the water being used enough? Right. Are they drinking enough?
1: Who's in the garage? Why is that people there? You gotta do it. No, but I'm just saying, um, from from the day you enter that property, you want people to feel good, feel comfortable. Yep. And a lot of people think, yeah, and they go, Oh, I don't want that. Are you kidding me? That's what you want. You want some peace of mind. And I think that, um, when you take it end to end like this, it's a big deal. Well,
2: I, I think it is.
0: Yeah. I'm looking forward to the technology that will let my dogs out when I'm not around. <laughs>
2: The problem is you have to have the potty patch on the balcony, right? It's, it's the oh, walk. If, well, if, if you just introduced the robot, right? So theoretically, you should Yeah, to I, I'm and- staying quiet and saying, hey, <laughs> talk to me, talk
1: to me. <laughs> 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 he shouldn't have said that, Eric. Yeah. Like, now I'm going to have to make something. So
0: where do you see everything going? Let's, let's go out 5, 10, 15 years. How smart are these buildings going to be or how smart will they be able to be?
2: Well, no matter what I say, it's never going to get there as fast as people think. But I think that there's going to be a lot of integration. People are going to be able to go and make sure that um, you know the, their building is safe. Right, as you said, uh, if it's not safe, it's not smart. So you need to make sure that you're being taken care of from a day to day operational perspective. You want to make sure that the people in the unit are being taken care of. You want to make sure that if it's a if it's a rental unit that is being maintained, uh, you want to make sure that. Uh, you're you're reducing your carbon footprint by lowering your 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 uh, electricity usage and by making sure that you know when you're out of the building, um, it's geofenced fenced and you walk away and and everything shuts down as you're as you're going through the process.
0: Is uh, I guess this would also if I'm a if I'm a tenant if I'm a buyer, this yeah. is this adds to the value of my unit. This yeah. penta- potentially adds to the resale value of of my unit and
1: uh what else well, could you imagine not having it like let's say alan you buy a unit hmm. and it doesn't have all these features and then in five years everybody demands those features because that's where it's going and you didn't do it forget the fact he's that you're going to have a system that is upgradable has you know can add ips to it how about the guys just build it and the person moves in they don't have any of those features and but yeah <laughs> I, I mean I, I can see uh i can see condo. You're on an but, island.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, and I, I can see condo envy. If I go over and visit somebody else's condo and it's better equipped than mine, I'm going to think this is awful, and I I want I want all this stuff. Why can't I have this stuff? And it, it's going to create an interesting situation for legacy buildings. You know, these buildings that are fifteen, twenty, twenty five years old, or you know, still in good
1: condition. But you know, how do you how do you you know bring? They're doing stuff? it, yeah. So so that's coming now. You by latching onto the old backbone. Uh, so we can communicate because, you know, one thing that you got to remember, and Eric will probably uh, bring up is we're we're trying to also connect the community with other communities. So once you're on this smart community, smart city network, think of all the things you can do. If you have a smart building, you can talk to other buildings, you can invite buildings, you can see what they're doing. Like you just said, Alan, um, it creates this whole network. So you were saying you wanted to tell me a story. Cool. Is it about about when you're in the UK? But it wasn't about this. Oh, the UK
2: started. Yeah, actually, it was about this. It was
1: about there. You it. go. So let's talk about the UK.
2: I I was in the UK last week, and we were driving out to some tourist spot, UNESCO World Heritage spot, we're as far as you can get from being in civilization in uh, in the UK, which isn't that far. But there's this this little restaurant, you know, a pub on the way out to this place in the middle of freaking nowhere. It has this sign that says "Register at uh, at the bar in the parking lot." So we pull into the parking lot, and I'm like, "What's this all about?" So we go in, and the very first thing they go and they do is uh, I say to them, "You know, I'd like a beer." And uh, what's this thing about register? Oh, and goes up to the counter, goes clickety click on their computer, the uh, the the um, license plate pops up, and they say, "Here you go. <laughs> You're all good." <laughs> It's big over there. Um, yeah, it is. It's,
1: it's funny. It is really big. Now, that's what we're doing now here. Right. Um, and 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 it's funny because, you know, like you said, I got um, a lot of my introduction to technology in Bristol. Okay. Which is Well, actually, that's Bristol, where we work. Oh, that's why I brought it up. <laughs> Bristol is the outskirts. And Bristol, so you know, uh, is the Silicon Valley of the world. Okay. So it was there. So Galileo, if you go way back, the most famous people ever started in Bristol. Okay. And that's where it all started. And when you go to Bristol, they have a university there. Yeah. And it's a universe. And, um, the university there, um, essentially specializes in AI. Okay. Dro- drones, smart cars, but you wouldn't know it, right? Like yeah. I just, you said. And I'm not shocked that that bar registered your plates to be, that's how it should be here. You park in front. You're registered, so now you can go shop along the plaza, even the little plaza. Not worried about losing uh, people, not having space to come visit you, but but that that's cool. I, but I do have the second
2: one, which was I went to another hotel, and they had uh, another parking pass, and you had two choices: you could either go to the the, uh, the the hotel, pay for your parking, or they just took your picture. And a couple of days ago, I get a I get a. What is it's an 80-pound bill because not only did they take my money at the hotel, the uh, parking company t- tried to take my money. <laughs> yeah,
1: that sounds good. Hey, I like that, Alan. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, you would, wouldn't you? Is there anything else that we need to cover? I was intrigued by the, uh, the concept, and I think that smart technology is going to be irreplaceable in another few years. Like, people need to catch up.
0: Well, they do, and I'm in a house. That is almost twenty years old, and I'm having. I thought when I built it in 2004, you know, I had Cat five cabling everywhere. This is going to make everything. Ooh, I'm going to be set for life. And now, you know, everything is is changing. Everything's becoming integrated. Nobody saw the arrival of the smartphone and the utility of the smartphone and apps. Yeah, it's uh, it's really really exciting stuff. And it. I guess it's up to you guys like you to show us how it can be done uh, and then of course you know i'm going to look at what you've built and think I want that and uh, move into one of your buildings
2: excellent well unfortunately you'd have to move to kw but um
0: that's okay I'm in Oakville not too far not too
2: far well wow. and we're very close to the uh, rail station right so that's true that's true all the technology is right around us well that's that's the that's the beauty of of,
0: of downtown Kitchener and the way it's it's um is is that you you've you've
2: got a um transportation infrastructure there. Absolutely, one of the, one of the things that didn't get mentioned though is uh, that I'm also passionate about is preserving our history, right? One of the things that people don't necessarily think about is we do infill, so we take historic buildings and we create modern buildings beside them, uh, maintaining the the history while at the same time developing a future, right? And it's because Alan mentioned, you know, oh, my house is twenty years old. I have a collection of houses that are over uh, over hundred. Like the building that we're preserving, that this the Five Point Communities, the Five Point building matches is uh, one hundred and twelve years old. And we're preserving that building, and it's it's complementing with the architecture. In that's that's
1: Eric. When you say we, these buildings are you're buying these buildings already own them. That is pretty cool. So it's like the old buildings here in Oakville, which has got its own history. Yes, you're buying them, preserving them. That's that's uh, phenomenal. And and just so you guys know, um, in my viewpoint, a smart city in the future of the world is preservation. It's a, it's a big part. It's a big part of, of what we should be doing. Uh, it, it, yeah. Well, it's,
2: it's it allows us to do all kinds of different things. You know, when I started this project, I don't think anybody thought. Oh, we're gonna go and, and put in a hundred and forty three in a condominium <laughs> where we're doing it. I guarantee from the comments that I got back, but um, but we're also preserving, as I said, history, historic
1: building right? yes. around, as part of it, yes. Um,
2: so. And it's it's all going together to create a future, and that's what I really find intriguing about this entire process is, is uh, you know preserving our past, but but developing a future.
0: So you said shovel ready in the ground in
2: July. That is the goal. Uh, Completion date when? Uh, Move-in should be in about 30 months. And by the time it's finished, uh, legal should be uh, 36.
0: Okay. We will have to follow your progress and to see exactly. I mean, we're here at the very beginning. We have the technology for July, 2022. Uh, Yes. Let's see where things end up in, uh, (laughs) I guess that would be December, 2025. No it be later than that. 26. Sometime 26. Let's see how, how yep. things have morphed uh, between now and then.
1: Okay, mark that on the calendar.
2: <laughs> Appreciate your time, Eric. My pleasure. Thank you, gentlemen.
0: And that's it for this edition of the Smart City Podcast. Back soon with more discussions with very smart people about smart buildings, smart communities, and smart cities. And probably more about robots, because that's what Grant wants to talk about. If you have any questions or comments, send them to feedback at thesmartcity.blog. And check out the website, thesmartcity.blog. Again, note that URL. The Smart City Podcast brought to you by Locomobi World, moving the world through sustainable, frictionless solutions. Executive producer is Grant Furlane. Tactical productions by Rob Johnston. Executive assistant, Andrew Crawford. I'm Ellen Cross, and we'll see you next time.